Hey guys, it's Alan Donovan. I have a favor to ask of you after the show is over. Could you go to the streaming platform that you listen to The Father's Truth on and leave me a rating? It really helps with getting the show up there in the rankings, and it also helps with me being able to monetize the show. I put a lot of work and effort into these episodes, and I hope you guys like them. So please, if you could, go and rate the episode. All right, guys, enjoy the episode, and thank you once again. It's time for another episode of The Father's Truth, the show where real men band together, stand up for father's rights, and bring the father's truth out of the darkness. Of the darkness. Out of the darkness and into the light, giving fathers a voice everywhere. A broadcast brought to you by the Fathers Lives Matter Network. Here's your host. Here's your host. Alan Donovan. Alan Donovan. All right. Good evening, everybody. How is everybody doing? I hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. I know I am. In fact, tomorrow's my Friday, so I can't be any happier with that. Let me ask you guys a question. When you think of youth court services, what do you guys think of? When I think of it, I think of youth court services as a place that is structured to help parents that have issues with their kids um, like say they're having kids that are acting out or doing something like that that's what youth court services is supposed to be about well tonight I have a guest Maggie Roshan who is coming on the show to talk about her issues with youth court services youth court services here in my home state in fact she is all of 20 minutes away from me and I've known her for quite a while, you know, probably a good decade. Um, but she's having some serious issues with Montana State Youth Course Services and how it is basically um, alienating her from her daughter and all kinds of crazy stuff. So we're going to talk to her tonight and we're going to hear what she has to say about that. So give me just one quick second and we'll get her in here. All right, so she just came in and she's going to be joining us here in just a moment. So how's your night going? Yeah, so as I was telling everybody at the start of the show, you are like 20 minutes away from me physically. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm just, I'm right up the road from you. Most of the time when I interview people, you know, they're across the country, they're across the world. I've got a gentleman coming on from um, Serbia on Friday. India. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I tend to talk to people from all over the world. Well, that's what the internet's for. Right? I mean, you got to get your out somehow. Right. Exactly. That's awesome. And so your situation, I've not talked to someone yet who's had issues with youth court services. Usually it's a straight issue with the family court system you know a dad versus a mom occasionally it'll be a mom versus a dad but you've got something a little bit different that you know i'm not really familiar with i'm not really familiar with the youth court services um honestly i'm not either so i have been going through some issues with my daughter and we've dealt with cps you know every time that she's a runaway or skip school they're mandatory reporters so they call cps <laughs> And so I had been working with CPS based off of these reports and finally got to the point where my daughter stole my vehicle in the middle of the night and blew the engine, found the vehicle on the bypass. Oh, and she was, yeah. And she got picked up in Columbia Falls. So we went, picked her up. Um, can't say that it was the most pleasant reunion and after that uh there were charges pressed by youth court services for misuse of a vehicle i was given a letter that said hey we just want to talk this is a voluntary agreement um we want to go forward with forward with an informal agreement which means that 
basically nothing's documented that, you know, they go through the process of like cry J interventions, mm -hmm. which is meetings, community process, which is great, but we had already gone through that before. And this time I asked him, I was like, I want something more formal. I want, I want help because like, you know, I, I, I'm dealing with a lot when it comes to her choices and the things that I'm dealing with as a single parent. And the more you read about single parent statistics, you know, that, you know, your kids are more likely to mm -hmm. juvenile crimes mm -hmm. that, yeah, that there's just, you know, there's more mental things that go along with not having two parents in the household. And my daughter is an example of that. Like she grew up in a household with only me for eight years. Yeah. You so know, I so, so let me stop you. Let me stop you right there. Let's go back to the start of this, because when we were talking offline, when you had approached me to see if I had any kind of ideas or, you know, thoughts that could help you, you were telling me that her dad is basically someone that, okay, well, let's just, he's a deadbeat. Easiest mm -hmm. way, to, easiest way to say it. So let's start there and kind of move forward as to how you got to where you're at right now. Gotcha. Um, so I was a teenage parent. I had my first child, my first three times at 15. Uh, my second pregnancy, I was on the IUD or on the shot for about a month when I got pregnant with her. And then my third, I was on the IUD. Like none of these pregnancies were planned, very fertile. Um, Kevin and I had no issue well i mean like it was a very toxic relationship mm -hmm. i mean you got to figure he was five years older than me he was in the military when we got together as soon as i was pregnant it was you know pretty much locked in this is what you do and kevin drank a lot there was a lot of domestic violence there was a lot of just anger in our relationship and so when <laughs> we lost our house because Kevin wasn't paying the bills, wasn't contributing. He was out partying and stuff like that. We lost our house. I took my kids up to Montana to spend a couple of weeks with my mom while we tried to figure everything out and create stability again. And I texted him to tell him I was on my way home and he told me I had no home to come back to. Oh, wow. Uh, we basically moved up to Montana with my vehicle and my kids and that was the last time we ever saw him and you guys were coming uh, from vegas correct yeah we were living in vegas at the time uh my whole family lived back up here in montana and so that was the last time the kids ever saw him uh daniel was five kylie was four and jj was two um since then i didn't get a man i got a dog uh i Denver has been, you know, the man of the house <laughs> since then. Um, I absolutely adore my dog, but it's like I, I never went on to new boyfriends. I didn't look for someone to fill the void. I worked three jobs and I supported my kids. You know, we stayed up here for a little bit of time with my mom so that I could figure out how to be a parent considering like I... And how old were you at this time? 21. 21, okay. Yeah, uh, I up. Well, yeah, so he left in June, right before my 21st birthday, and then he told me he was remarried on my 21st birthday. Oh, wow, really? Well, yeah. Happy birthday. Um, <laughs> I actually spent the money to send him up there because uh, his grandmother, Jackie, died, and I had just gotten a student loan money, and so I took the money because I love Grandma Jackie so much that I named my daughter after her. So I sent him up there for her funeral and he found somebody that he was married to instantly on that trip and never came back. Wow, that is crazy. Never saw him again, yeah. Um, and then since then, uh, we lived in Montana for probably, probably three years, almost four years. And I got tired of everybody, you know, well, you know, your mom helps you out with the kids, so you're not technically a single parent, and you have help from this. And I decided to move back down to Las Vegas because I knew that was where I could work 24 hours a day, provide for my children, not have to worry about the weather. I already knew about the area. I knew about what to expect. And I got a really good job. I was working with the Maloops. I was working for um, 
a, a stable company doing like my own personal consulting. I was doing salary. I was working 11 in the morning until four in the afternoon. I was there every day and night with my kids. And like, we really were doing well down in Vegas. And then I met my husband and my husband lives up here in Montana. And we decided that, you know, with everything going on with the high schools down there, do we really want to have the family grew up down there. Like I knew I could provide down there, but I didn't want my children to be raised in Vegas. And so we made the decision to come home. And so in 2018, we came up here. And 2019, we had our daughter Brighton, followed by Max. And as soon as there was a dad in the picture, it started to create daddy issues when it came to my daughter because all of a sudden she started realizing she missed out on ah, okay. and yep. with the anger and the lashing out and the bad choices and i had reached out to him many times saying hey this is what's going on will you please have something to do will you contact her on her birthday will you say merry christmas will you Something. talk to her say hey, anything and it was always a no, no, no. Every time I tried to contact him on any social media or anything like that, it was a no. There was never any child support. There was nothing. I was raising the children on my own. So how old, how old was your daughter when, when this all started manifesting? Uh, the daddy issues, probably yes. about 11. 11, okay. Yeah, between 11 and 12. So preteen. And, and a lot of them had to do, yeah. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that me and my husband were fighting because we he had just lost a brother to an overdose. And a lot of family conflict came into that. And she was afraid she was gonna lose another dad. And she has never, she never saw a guy stick around. And so she was afraid that another one was gonna drop out. And she started acting out on her emotions for as far, much as I can guess you know um it's hard she knows that she's always wanted to have contact with him i've never kept him from having contact with her it was always a personal choice by his to block my number to block the contact to not make the phone calls you know he always wanted to blame it on me because you know that's the easiest target but it had nothing he just didn't want to hear it yeah. you know he had two kids after he left me he had a first wife where they did have a son together that son ha ended up having disabilities and then about five years later he had another little girl with another wife and he's so far been a great dad to them but before he even met me he had already walked out on two girls so it's like there's four children that he's walked out on and two kids that he's still there for and so it's very yeah you know, and I, I've never understood that rationale, that that thought process that you have, you know, more than one kid with, you know, a, a different mother. Why do you treat mm -hmm. one one way and treat the others a totally different way? And I, you know, I've seen that happen. I mean, that happened in my own life, my own personal life growing up. You know, I had three well, stepsisters and my dad treated them totally different than he treated me and it's always kind of blown my mind on that kind of thing absolutely well and even between kylie and jacqueline i mean he claims jacqueline but he has nothing to do with kylie and he's listed as the father on both of their birth certificates never had a paternity test on either of them but jj looks more like him how old is he 36 36 okay so maybe i you know i'm just kind of spitballing here but maybe there i mean it sounds like there was a lot of immaturity and still is immaturity in a lot of his actions and how he deals with things oh well absolutely you know i mean he didn't want anything he didn't want to step in until all of a sudden there was a chance of there being charges on me and it's like, okay, so it's the ball that got everything rolling where all of a sudden now he cares because it's on me? Or does he care because it's his kid and he should? 
Hmm. So which do you think it is? Do you think it's because it's charges on you versus Karen because it's oh, yeah. his child? Absolutely. Yeah, no, even with this weekend with him getting arrested, if he would have been down here to, well, get JJ out of juvie, um, he never would have gotten arrested. I mean, I, you know, if he was putting his priorities straight, rather than going on vacation, knowing what's going on with his daughter here, and the acting and the needing attention and all of it, if he was here rather than there, he never would have gotten arrested. Would have been a different situation. You know, yeah. You know, it's, there's just these constant things of, you know, hey, dude, put your kid first. And he never does. So, okay, so you got remarried again. And that's when, you know, you guys were going through a tough time. Your husband's brother passed away, overdosed. Mm -hmm. And your daughter was scared that she was going to lose that stability that you guys had. How did, what were the first things that started coming out with how she was acting out? Uh, it started with the vaping. Okay. And then it was the marijuana. And... As that progressed, it went into the running away, sneaking out. Then I found out the sexual aspect that she had been with older guys and telling them that she was lying about her age. And it progressed to her running away and staying with these guys and stealing vehicles and yeah. So a lot of, a lot of serious shit basically uh, in my opinion yeah yeah well, i mean i i don't see how anybody couldn't hear that and and not think it's serious you know because you i mean you got all the components you got the running away you got the drug use um you know you have the the sexual activity you know none of those things lead in a good direction when you're extremely young naive and immature that's a recipe for disaster exactly and then as soon as I started asking for help, instead of them looking at the behaviors being exhibited, they turned around and started saying that I was the problem because I was yelling at my daughter. So how did that, how did that whole thing proceed? Because you sent me a video and mm -hmm. so to kind of let everybody know what this video is, it, it's, it's taken from Maggie's perspective and they are standing outside of a building. It's at night and you have two adults and you have her daughter and Maggie is trying to get her daughter to come with her and her daughter is just flat out ignoring her. Um, and one of the, who was the gentleman that was there? Nick Nyman. Nick Nyman. He's the, yeah, he's the manager of youth court. Okay, so you have the manager of youth court and then was the female a caseworker? Was that who that was? That was uh, Taylor Culvert. She's the probation officer. Okay, so court. so you have the manager of the youth court and then a probation officer standing there. Mm -hmm. Now, I would be the first one to think that they would be there to back you up as the parent. I mean, uh, common, sense would, <laughs> common sense would tell me that, but that's, that's not what happened. What happened? So... When we showed up into the youth court, I was presented with the original, you know, hey, we're looking for an informal agreement. Everything is all voluntary. Um, Jacqueline actually ran away on the 19th. So she was gone four days prior to this youth, youth court meeting. When I showed up at two o'clock for this youth court meeting, JJ was already there. And we met with Nick Nyman and Taylor Colbert for the first time. After sitting down with Nick Nyman and Taylor, I was told by Taylor the first thing that she wanted to do was to dismiss this runaway charge that JJ was currently on because she showed up for court. And I said, hey, I need you to keep that on record because I am dealing with this and this. Like, the school, the runaway, I can't have you dismiss that because I am trying to build a case to show that I need inpatient treatment, that there are things going on with my daughter that I cannot help. And he's like, well, the only thing that we're willing to offer is probation. 
And I'm already probation officer to my daughter. I already give her random drug. I already check where she's going. I already make sure she doesn't have a cell phone because she makes deals in my mailbox at my home. Um, you know, I'm already doing everything that I can as a parent. Wouldn't it be your prerogative as to how it transpires, whether or not charges That's are... That's what I thought the word voluntary meant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That's what I thought the word voluntary meant. And I, I, I told him, I was like, I don't agree with this informal agreement. May I please take my daughter and leave? And she refused, Jacqueline refused to go with me. So I left the building because I'm not going to have them keep talking at me when I don't want to do what they are telling me to do if this is a voluntary situation. I am the victim in this situation because she stole my vehicle. She totaled my vehicle. So if I don't agree with what you want to do, that should be the end of it. If there is not enough formal processing, it should be dropped right there because I'm not willing to proceed. Yeah. But instead what they did was they decided that they were going to go back into the locked building and take custody of my daughter. And not only did they take custody of my daughter by walking her into a locked building after hours without authority while her parents was asking for her back, they allowed her to go stay at a house where this person was known to law enforcement for contributing substances to minors. Oh, Jesus Christ. And they thought that this was a better option than returning her to her mother because I told them I wanted them to do their fucking job. Wow. But, you know, it's honestly, having gone through that court system, you know, the family court side of things myself the very first time, and, you know, I got up there and I had a whole boatload of evidence and you know my ex had had her boyfriend you know or she approached me to pee in a cup for her boyfriend so he could pass a ua and i brought that to the court's attention and the judge looked at me and she goes so i'm like what the f what do you mean so that's a fucking felony and you guys are just oh, gonna let goodness. this pass so i mean to sit here and hear this from that court system, it doesn't fucking surprise me, in all honesty. Well, that's part of the reason that I have this all in with the Supreme Court now is like I couldn't believe that they allowed this to happen. <laughs> like I, like there's there's no way. <laughs> but they did. They and then not only that, but after they took her out of my care and allowed her to stay at this residence for the night the next day they actually did get a judge order to put her in flat youth home and there was a meeting in front of judge allison on november 25th where i was ordered to produce birth certificate social security card and medicaid card to the youth home where she was staying and i was to sign the releases for her to talk to the counselors and I went down afterwards. I provided everything that I was court ordered to provide. And not even six hours later, Taylor at the youth court called my mother and stated to my mother that these were never produced, that I had not followed the court's orders and produced these documents. She came in and gave them another copy of the documents because my mother has copies of my kids' documents. So it went from that to youth court called me the next day and asked me to bring some clothes over for Jacqueline. And I said, you know, hey, I really don't want to bring stuff for her. I want her home. There is absolutely no reason for her to be there. If they aren't going to do anything when it comes to detention or an inpatient treatment, you know, that's what we really need. Then there's no reason for her to be there. And she could be healthy. I was not allowed to go get her. I received a call from Taylor on the first where I was told that Mr. Chapman was going to take custody of my daughter. And I asked her, I was like, how is that even a possibility? And she told me that Jody Christensen at CPS had relayed his number to her. 
And as first of all, I know that she's not supposed to relate that information mm-hmm. because of her guidelines. Um, but she had relayed that message because I had given it to Jody because, hey, my kid's acting out. Talk to her dad. Make her dad be a dad. Here is his number. Tell him to fucking send Chris's presents and acknowledge his kids. Do something. It would make my life easier. You know, like, I would love to have shared custody. I would love to have some time in the summer. I would love to get a break. You know, so, yeah, please make her dad be a dad. And that was the intent of me giving Jody Christensen his phone number. That phone number was given to Taylor Colbert. And she's asked him, do you want custody? And wow. custody is totally different yeah. than, hey, please start calling your kid. Hey, please start having something to do with your child. And when she called me on the first, she told me that it was decided between Lalorissa Malloy, her, Nick Nyman, and Judge Allison that Jacqueline was going to be placed with Kevin Chapman as of December 5th, and Judge Allison was going to sign it off. Holy shit. I lost my shit. And I left Taylor a voicemail. And I was like, you have no idea what you're doing. You are endangering my child. You are putting her around people that she doesn't know. She has no support system. This man has never had her back. This man doesn't even call to check in how she is. He has provided no support. He works under the table as a professional floor layer, making $200,000 a year, puts everything in his wife's name, and can't even afford the $182 a month child support he is ordered to pay. So let me ask you this. So those three got together. Did some backroom dealing mm-hmm. to basically uh-huh. kidnap your daughter from you. What was the actual ruling that they based all this off of? I I don't know. I was never given uh, any paperwork, any charges, any... Holy shit. Any at all. Wow. I was given no representation. I was given nothing. They yeah. told lies to the judge. They said that they were pursuing me on felony child abuse charges because I cut my daughter's hair. Now, I did cut her hair, but after I cut her hair, she walked into the house and buzzed it and bleach blonde it. So, so that's to what... make that much more And that was their whole evidence as to I am a felony child abuser and she needs to go with her dad. Wow. Holy cow. I mean, that, that brings up so many other little rabbit holes that you can go down with this because you know in in the state of montana child services cps you know does not have a good reputation whatsoever well they can't do anything they can't press any charges whatsoever so you can show up drunk Mm -hmm. to your cps court hearing and they won't do anything they don't care yep no i i interviewed I i interviewed a guy that lived up in shelby um, a couple years ago, and his he was dealing with a situation in, in CPS. It was CPS, the family court system, and tribal authority. So it was a real shit show because you had all those three agencies yeah. getting together. Mm-hmm. And the mother was a meth addict, and she would show up high on meth. Um, he had to go over and get his son multiple times from her place because she was passed out. She you know was passed out from meth, and the courts flat out refused to do anything cps flat out refused to do anything he got arrested because he went into the cps office and threw an absolute fucking fit because they were not doing anything for his child or him and he got arrested for it and that's just you know that's just kind of the you know the thing with cps going on still with my brother-in-law like the, the mother you know she had uh my nephew taken out of her care for a year he was placed with us and instead of them actually getting her help and dealing with all the issues that she was dealing with, they put the child right back in her care and he's still dealing with everything that we were telling them was going on in the first place. And they don't care. No, they, they don't and care. And it caused all the issues in the family. Dang, man. Okay, so they've, so at this point, they've awarded. Uh, your ex custody of your daughter what happened then at that point so she 
That was signed off on December 5th. On December 9th, she was flown to Michigan. And this was the first time she ever met him. Um, Yeah, so she moved there. And she was there, I think she told me, for about two weeks. And because it was Christmas time, she spent Christmas there. And then right after the new year, they flew her to Virginia to meet his wife's side of the family, basically show her off as, you know, show dog, brought her back. She went to school for about two, three weeks. And then I ended up calling his dad and I was cut off from all communication. I was not allowed to call her. I was not allowed to know where the school she was she was going to. I was not allowed to know the counselor she was talking to. I was not allowed to know his address to even be able to send anything or do anything, uh, even legal papers, because him and I never had a formal parenting plan because I never saw him again. I never knew where he was again. He locked me every chance he had. And um, so I called his dad and I was like, hey, so this is what's really going on with JJ. This is what's really going on, you know, in the household. And you know, I know Kevin's saying this, but this is what's really going on. And I had a great conversation with his dad. And his dad and I had a very argumentative past. And we had a really, really good conversation. And it was six days later that he died of alcohol poisoning. The dad died of alcohol poisoning? Oh, wow. Okay. And so we ended on good terms, but kevin and him did not because of this whole situation and jacqueline started texting me and she's like mom now we're going down to las vegas because we have to go to the memorial and she started texting me when she was down there and started telling me you know mom i'm seeing the dark side of kevin he's getting drunk all the time they're fighting all the time mom come save me this isn't okay february 3rd I filed a parenting plan that did 50-50 across the board up here in the state of Montana. And I drove down to Las Vegas. I wanted to talk to him. I wanted to see my daughter. I wanted to know what the fuck was going on. You know, they had tried to cut me off. I've never known where he was. I wanted to be able to be face-to-face with them. And so I drove down there. She told me she was staying at Grandma Virginia's house. And so I knocked on the door at six o'clock in the morning, like she asked me to. She said, mom, just knock on the door. Don't make me come out and have them think that I'm talking to you behind their back. Just come knock on the door. And I found out that she was actually staying at Grandma Virginia's old house. So his brother came out to the door and was like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I asked to see Kevin. I asked to see my daughter. And within 10 minutes, um, which is only the distance from old house to new house, Kevin had her packed up with his wife in the car on the way to the airport. They were gone. Oh, wow. And so JJ started texting me in the back and she's like, mom, I'm scared. This is what it looks like. Come get me. And I told her, I was like, you're in a rental car. Like I will meet you at the rental car stop. So he found out that I was at the rental car shop because she told him, she's like, we're not going to leave without mom serving you these papers. You might as well talk to her. And so he dropped her off at a police station. Oh, holy shit. So he was getting ready to jump ship, head out of the state with her and his wife. And then he found out that you were wanting to serve him papers and he dropped her off at a police station? Dropped her off at the police station. And then he flew back to Michigan we went down to the police station. My husband actually went down to the police station. I stayed at the rental car stop just to make sure it wasn't a lie. Yeah. You know, and we're dropping her at the police station, but yet they go to the rental car place instead. So my husband went to the police station and picked up my daughter. And he flew back to Michigan and she came back to Montana with us. So, so when he picked her up at the police station, did the police say anything or anything like that? Or was she just in the lobby waiting? She was just, no, she was in the parking lot waiting. Holy shit. Wow. So that's, that's some Hollywood shit right there. You know, cause you got, you got the kind of the car chase and wow. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, it it was a long morning. That was after a sixteen-hour drive straight from here down there. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, you know. But it's like, what do you do when your daughter's sitting here saying, "Mom, come save me"? I'm seeing the dark side of him, and I know he's twisted. Like Kevin has mental issues where he sent me pictures of him cutting his wrist and sitting in a room with a 22 his mom committed suicide when he was 18 months old like there's so a lot of that in his blood yeah he's he's got a lot of internal demons and so it's like when she's sitting here and texting me this and she doesn't know who he is all i can do is go save my kid yeah like, well, I mean, that's that's what any parent would do is, you know, go save their kid. So after that, then then what happened at that point? So she came back up to Montana and things were good for about nine, ten days. And then one night around midnight, I noticed all my security cams started getting unplugged, going offline. And I figured she was sneaking out, just, you know, typical sneaking out. But about 15 minutes later, when I went to go plug the security cameras in, I noticed my car was gone. So I got to call another car in as stolen. And she brought it back probably about 4.30 in the morning. And her and I got into it because, of course, I was up in the living room, like, yeah, waiting for her house. And she tried sneaking in her bedroom window that she left open. And he wasn't in yet. And I walked into the room and give me the keys. And I just see the keys flop up into the window, you know, (laughs) and um, she's like trying to sneak in. I was like, why are you trying to come in? Like, you keep trying to sneak out. Why the fuck are you trying to sneak in? Like, you just got back here. Like, you're in trouble for all this shit. Why are you continuing to do this? And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whatever. I took a bath, I went to bed, whatever. Nine o'clock in the morning, I went into the room and I was like, okay, give me your cell phone. Like done with this, just give me your cell phone. I took her cell phone and she pulled a knife out and was like, you can't take that, I fucking hate you. Oh, she threatened you with a knife at this point? Holy shit. And so I ended up calling the sheriffs again. I had already called them because of my car and they didn't want to do anything. They're like, I literally showed them the knife was still on the floor. They didn't want to do anything because, you know, well, weren't you telling her you wanted her to leave? How, no. old, is, how old is she at this point? 13. 13. She, uh, today is actually her 14th birthday. Wow. Okay. Holy so, cow. So, <laughs> um, they didn't want to do anything with that. And so, later that day, she waited until I was putting the baby in the bath and she snuck out the side door. She ended up going to Columbia Falls, meeting up with a girl, and they went down to Missoula, started staying with some 18-year-old boy, making TikToks and doing stuff. And uh, about uh, a week later, she texts me and she's like, Mom, I'm tired of doing bad stuff. I want to come home. Okay, well, you know, what else am I supposed to say? Come home. And she's home for the first day and she skips school the second day she goes the third day she skips monday she skips tuesday and wednesday she goes and on wednesday i found tiktoks on her special account or whatever of her with this 18 year old boy in lingerie oh geez so of course i called in and i reported it to the missoula pd and I asked her, you know, who the fuck, what's his last name? And she, I don't want to give it to you. I'm not telling you that. Okay, well, what's his last name? And she decided she wanted to leave the house. I told her she wasn't leaving the house unless I called her in as a runaway. And she started threatening me with a knife again. And then uh, sheriffs actually came down this time, seven deep, uh, actually arrested her this time for pulling a knife out. And she ended up going to Great Falls Juvie for uh, five days, six days. And then on Saturday, the attorney general who I contacted in 2019 about Kevin not having 
any support or anything to do with his kids. Uh, they picked him up on the warrant in New York City in Niagara Falls on his really? fifth year anniversary uh, for the non-support. <laughs> so when we went to court on Tuesday, he was not able to participate. I didn't have to worry about Jacqueline going back in. But they are still trying to pursue me with felony child abuse for cutting her hair. And they are still trying to send her back to a father who has had nothing to do with her in hopes of being able to charge me with this even though i've never had a cps record i've never had anything against me i've always been there to support my children and there is nothing in my record to prove otherwise and so this they is this is the system. flathead county court system youth court system that's yeah. still trying to do this even after yeah, they, they all actually this? told me yeah yeah which is why I have it in with the Supreme Court now, so that if anything happens, like, I've already got somebody counteracting on it. Because it, I I could never imagine in a million years that me going in for help for my daughter, for her showing criminal behavior, that I would lose custody to somebody who has had nothing to do with her for 11 years and has shown no support of her whatsoever. And now all of a sudden they're trying to make me look like the bad parent and they have nothing on me <laughs> man it it surprises me but it doesn't surprise me just because you know like i said having dealt with this thing it's myself and talking to other people here that have dealt with the family court services and all its little umbrella bullshit yeah it, it doesn't surprise me so what what was the process that you took for getting this to the Supreme Court? Because that's something that I get asked quite often is, well, you know, can this go to the Supreme Court? What was your process for that or your experience? Um, I, I questioned the judicial conduct of Judge Allison. Um, the fact that he had his mind made up before we even went to court before he was even given any evidence. There was no representation of me that he didn't even think that it was big enough for it to even be brought into his court, which is, you know, against the canons of Demidas. Um, yeah, everything he did. And not only that, but he was prejudiced against me. You know, I told him that I lived in Vegas previously and the only response I got from him was got it. So obviously I was a stripper you know like it, it's just little things like that where it's like you know um i tell him about the fact that kevin was arrested and the only thing that comes out of his mouth is what a beautiful family one big happy family like like everything that you were told before and it's like he just sits there and he doesn't care about the truth he doesn't care about the facts like i can't even tell you how many times i was told to shut up in the first court and then when i got the transcripts from tom sap it wasn't in there once was there was just two little spacers no. two spacers every time he said it where it was like beep beep yeah and it's like why are you taking that out well why does it matter because it you does know matter. well because, those are the, because the judge is telling me to shut up yeah because those are the official transcripts you know <laughs> These court officials from the judge to, you know, clerk of courts, everybody in between, they're so fucking corrupted that yeah. it just blows my mind. Well, they have their minds made up by what they're told by the other people. Mm -hmm. You know, never did I talk to Taylor, Nick, or Larissa about anything that was going on. Never once did they get my side of the story. So I How wonder... How can you on somebody you've never talked to? So I wonder, do you know, in regards to child support, do you, are you aware that for every child support case that is on the docket and is enforced, the family court system gets a kickback from the federal government? Were you aware of that? Oh, I believe it. Yes, I've heard so that. So I wonder if Youth Court Services has something similar where they will get a kickback from the federal government for cases where they step in and they either admonish a parent or they relieve a parent of custody. That I might believe be, it. That might be something for you to check into because that because ever since we talked offline 
I've been, you know, throwing this around and trying to see why they would pursue the angles that they did. And that's the thing that I keep coming back to is usually everything within the family court universe, it's related to money. There's some kind of financial aspect that plays into all this bullshit. So I'm wondering if that's part of the problem. Well, and that's why when I didn't agree to the informal agreement, which means they would have gotten their kickback, that I wanted something formal, but they knew there was nothing formal. That's why they took custody. Yeah, because then if they transferred custody from you to another agency, quote unquote, there could be money generated from that. I bet that's what it is. That has to Mm -hmm. be what that is. That along with her age at the time. Yeah. But, I mean, like, the crazy thing is, is, like, I can prove everything on video. I can show everything through the CPS records. I can prove that there's never been anything on my record. No criminal history, no CPS history, no anything. And within 10 days, my daughter was taken out of my care and flown half across the country with the paperwork I was forced to comply with, endangering my child in the first place. Like, it doesn't surprise me, unfortunately. I, it, I, yeah, it's sad though. And people should be able to understand that, like, youth court services can do this. And not only that, but I was told within the first youth court that because I didn't have a parenting plan, that's why Judge Allison was allowed to send her across the country and do this. And there was nothing incontestant, even though there was proof that he abandoned her for 11 years. I just never had an address to send him. I just never, I couldn't. I was told that, you know, sometimes you just need to get your kids braces. Even though I was the one that was supporting three kids on my own from the age of 21, it's been 11 years. And now all of a sudden we're equals. Yeah. You know, and I just never in my wildest dreams would I ever even imagine that the courts would do something like that. You know, that the mother's in here trying to get help because, you know, daughter's exhibiting this, exhibiting this, and doing this. And their first answer is, well, let's give her to a worse parent. Well, you know, and and I think, you know, as we're talking about this now, you know, I think it's just, it's part of the plan that these family court systems have. Because if you look at, you know, the statistical data, you know, and you, you brought this up earlier, you know, a child that comes from a single parent house has higher instances of alcoholism, early sexual activity, that which leads to teenage pregnancy, crime, all these other things. So if they put her in a situation where she has to go from a loving, caring parent to a parent that doesn't give a fuck, you know, mm-hmm. she's just going to keep propagating that cycle. And, you know, it's going to keep her entrapped within that. And then as she gets older... You know, she's going to have that kid, you know, when she's young, she's going to go on welfare. She's going to have to go on, you know, social services, welfare, EBT, all that stuff, you know, child support. And it's it's a circle because it keeps giving the courts money, keeps bringing them in money. It's, you know, that kind of thing is when you think about it, it's a freaking cash cow. You know, the thing is, as long as you're having kids and you need, you're dependent on the system, no matter what, they have control over you. Oh, yeah. It's it's keeping you on the welfare plantation is what it's doing. Absolutely. No, and it's, they don't want to do anything to stop it. I mean, the school systems are basically set up for kids to be ready to go into jail. Mm -hmm. You know, stay in your line, stay in the corner, stay in your cell. You only talk to your Like, you know, it's not about learning. It's not about growing. Well, and, and, and that's what the, the whole system is set up to do. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know. I don't know how legally anything that they've done, how it's justified. Well, and, and that's that's the thing. And I've seen this time and time again, you know, over the course of almost the decade that I've been doing this. You know, the courts do shit that is not justifiable from a legal aspect but it's the courts doing it so it's okay you know in a roundabout way the way that they look at it is you know they're the courts they have the ultimate say so whatever they decide to do it's okay even if it 
you know, even if it takes away your First Amendment rights, your Second Amendment, you know, even if it breaks all those and is not legal, it's still legal because it's the court system doing that. And so many people have just gotten so fucking complacent with it that they just go, oh, okay, not a big deal. Yeah, they just go along with it. They, they don't want to fight back. No. And the thing is, is like, that's why the first thing I did was file a complaint against Judge Allison is because he was the one that in the final allowed this to happen. Now, I understand that Taylor and Nick and Larissa and everybody else had a play in this, but he was the one that gave them complete power. Yeah, he's the one that and signed that is off not on everything. Job as a judge. Yeah. And so I went after Judge Allison first, you know, and it's like looking at it now. You know, that was the complaint against the first two court hearings. And now the second two court hearings, everything he has said has been totally contradictal. You know, the first thing, he didn't want me working with CPS. He only wanted me working with Youth Court. But Youth Court didn't want to work with me. They just wanted to send my daughter to Kevin. So this time, I will not work with Youth Court. I've only been dealing with CPS. But Judge Allison is like all on board about me working with CPS. And Megan Jacobson is the best. So what am I supposed to do? It's you know, it's yeah. like everything that he said has been totally contradictory. He starts in the first court saying that he wants to handle everything at a local level, and then he signs off for her to move across the country. Yeah, there's there's got to be fi- some sort of financial aspect for the court system to do that. I mean, there just has to be. I mean, in my mind, there's no other reasoning for the things that they did. Well, yeah, you know, I could understand if I had some sort of history. I could understand if it was, you know, there was something substantiated, but there has never been. I have always put my kids first. I don't go out and party. I don't drink and I don't anything because I'm a mom. Like, it is my job to be a mom. And so to be in this situation is that much more detrimental to me because I literally live my life knowing that anything I do affects my children you know and then for them to say something like this and to put me in this situation because I'm trying to get help I'm not admitting I'm not saying I'm a perfect parent I'm admitting the fact that I need help but I'm sitting and doing it in a way of saying this is how I've messed up yes I was a teenage mother yes I should have done more like I understand that but how is this all on me And yet the person who wasn't there at all, who didn't contribute anything, who didn't make sure that some of the pressure was off me to make sure that they had housing, that they had food, to make sure that they had reliable transportation, to make sure that somebody else was hugging them other than me. He couldn't have given a shit less and now all of a sudden he's looked at as a better parent than I. Like we're equals and why? Why would you do that? Why would you why would you want to interfere with the parental child contact of the parent who has been there the whole time and then you're going to encourage this other person to cut off all communication with them? Yeah, it, Knowing it doesn't make sense. History, like the none of it. You know, like that's criminal. Yeah, no, and and it's one of these things where you look at the family court system and they exist in a fucking alternate upside-down clown world with the shit they do because, you know, the things that you think that they're going to do, the things that logically make sense from you and I's standpoint, they go and do the exact fucking opposite all the time. And it just I just wonder, I'm like, wow, what the fuck? How did they get from there to there? Well, and the thing is, is money. Yep. You know, it's like, who's paying for their lawyer? Who's doing this? Whose pockets are being lined? Yep. And it, there's just, there's not this point of, oh my gosh, is there actually justice being done? You know, yep. does there's, anybody there's actually feel right about what is being done to these people? Yeah. And it's, and it's one know? of those things, you know, I tell fathers and I've told fathers this for the longest time. When you go into the family court system, there is no such thing as justice for you. There is no such thing as, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. You know, you go in there, you go in there, you, your child, 
you know, your baby mother, all these different things. At the end of the day, you are just a fiduciary number on a court document filed away in a cabinet. Your whole worth is that financial aspect. You know, you're not a you're yeah. not an individual person with a soul, feelings, or emotions. Same for your kids. You're a fucking dollar sign at the end of the day. Your social security number is a bank account number. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's basically you know it's it's cattle going through going through a market is what they're doing. You know, and the thing with the the other thing with the family court system is, you know, their motto is in the best interest of the child. That's not what it is. It's in the best interest of the family court system. That's what their actual fucking motto is. Absolutely. And nobody wants to talk about that. Well, nobody wants to admit that. Nobody wants to think that their children can be taken away from them just because they don't like them as a person. You know, oh, this person cussed at me? Okay, I'll take their kid. Well, there's got to be more going on. No, actually, there's not. Like... that's all it takes. well and uh, these judges you know the other downside of it is you get these judges on these benches and some of these guys are so fucking vindictive about everything you know they've been doing this for 20 years and it's just gotten to the point where it's sucked their soul out yeah they have no empathy for anyone and you know it's Mm -hmm. obvious they don't fucking like their job so they're just going to give shit rulings and 99% of the time you cannot hold them accountable because they hide behind their judicial immunity. That's one of the yep. biggest things. They give these shit rulings out that, you know, I mean, realistically, these judges have the power of life and death over these families yes. that come into their courtroom. And they hand yes. out these shit judgments, and there's no repercussions for what they do. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And that's why the first thing I did was went after Allison. Is because it's like, you know, if you're going to have a complaint against someone, have a complaint against the person that allowed it to happen in the end. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand everybody else had their part in this, making sure that this was what was going to happen in the, you know, in face of the justice system or whatever. But Judge Allison is the one that signed off, didn't do the background check, didn't get the correct information, did not allow me to provide any evidence did not allow any of it and signed off unknowingly based upon upon youth court services recommendations and their recommendations were uneducated because they didn't get any information from anybody but the 13 year olds who's acting out yeah yeah there's no no due diligence whatsoever in any of this shit and you know it Ooh. it just goes to show how bullshit the government entities are because it's across the board they don't do their homework they don't do anything for the taxpayer it's all for themselves at the end of the day all they had to do was run his name to see if he had any warrants and that wasn't even done because if she was still there right now she wouldn't have a parent to fucking raise her why because he had active warrants no you know it's little things like that where they were putting my daughter in a dangerous situation you know they have no idea who this person is what mental instabilities they have what is actually going on with them and this is just a better option they don't care (laughs) at the end of the day they don't care about your daughter they don't care about you they don't even give a shit about him at the end of the day no it's just the reality of the situation yeah but the fact that this could happen to anybody's child, yep. that's terrifying. They it can is. just kidnap your child without just cause. Like my daughter was taken out of my care without any reasoning, without any paperwork. And I'm just supposed to be okay with it. Like this is just what they do. Yep. It's, it's like, very I'm scary. For my daughter to be returned to my care yep. and they take her from me. And there's no order, there's no judgment, there's no anything, and this is just allowed? It's just, it's kidnapping. It's legalized kidnapping is all it is. You know, that that's exactly what the court system does. It's legalized kidnapping at the end of the day. Absolutely. So, and I just I feel that more parents should be aware of it, that they should know that this can happen to them. Like, I have absolutely no record, and I was just trying to get help for my kid. 
who was acting out because of the daddy issues because she didn't grow up without a daddy and the first thing they want to do is cause more yeah they want to propagate you know. it man it's more money for them the more you know the more havoc that they can wreak you know on your life and her life and traumatize her you know it's money in their pocket it's a long-term investment is all it is it's what it is to the family court system so what so what's next you filed this with the supreme court where does it go from here so it went in front of the supreme court as of monday and basically uh it can take months but they will take every single bit of information that i provided them they will take all of the um participants all the witnesses and personally interview them and they will come up with a judgment as to you know if or why this was even legal well so <laughs> you know i, I have my fingers crossed that they come back and they censor allison judge allison absolutely so, you know or you know remove him from the bench that would be the well, I, ideal I, thing know, how else can you take a child within 10 days without any just cause and without any paperwork out any charges have and, you, and justice? have you looked into starting any kind of petitions to get him removed from the bench um i'm i've almost waited just you know i i had to wait this long with everything for it to even go in front of the supreme court um and then basically courts in between but no that it's just been a lot but in all honesty i think that there should be some sort of petition to get him change.org that's where you go set up a petition what is it change.org yeah I, I can guarantee you're not the only one that's had that kind of experience with with judge allison you know i've, I've heard it through the grapevine myself about him yeah no, he's definitely like he has. He has no sympathy left. He's just nasty. Oh, he's just a you know, and it's empathetic it, old man. Comments. It's the under the breath. Yeah, he's tired. Let him be tired in somewhere else. Yeah, get him, get him off the bench. So, absolutely. Absolutely. So, Maggie, we're yeah. coming up. We're coming up to the end of this. It's been a crazy story. Um, what kind of advice would you give to other parents out there that are listening that may be dealing with something similar to what you are currently dealing with? Document everything. Any bit of evidence that you have, any fight, any argument, record, make sure that, you know, you have your backup. Don't trust anybody to be able to provide you with the evidence that you need. Phone calls, call logs, everything make sure that you can prove exactly where you stand yep. on everything because then if they do try to pursue you you can sit here and prove your side you yep. know it's even dealing with things with taylor culver just even having the call log and being able to, to show that the time stones were different that birth certificates are different that cps records are different being able to have your own set of records for everything so that you know that you have the security to prove your way and never trust anybody else to be the ones to do that for you yep that's a big thing you know in family court it's not what you know it's what you can prove that's what Absolutely. i that's what i tell all the fathers i work with you know document 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 you know document till you get sick of documenting and keep documenting it because even if it's something yep. that you think is just stupid and unimportant is, document yeah. it absolutely yeah you yeah gotta keep doing i meant that. make sure that you have everything you possibly can yep. screenshot it make sure you have copies yep. you know everything because when you need it you need it and you need to make sure you have it no, absolutely agree with you. Well, Maggie, I want to thank you for coming on. And I definitely want you to update me on this when you hear back from the Supreme Court. We'll get you back on to another episode on that. But definitely keep me in the loop, okay? Will do. You have a great night. Thank you so much. You're welcome. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.
All right, guys, so that was Maggie, single mom coming on talking about her experience with youth court services. It's scary. I mean, it is absolutely scary that the court system can just arbitrarily take your child away from you and give your child to, you know, the, the other parent, even if that other parent hasn't been around for over a decade. Um, I really think that there is some kind of financial things going on, financial dealings going on in the back room here. You know, her daughter is a long-term investment for the family court system because if they can keep her in that same kind of loop where she's going out, she's doing these things, you know, she's doing the drugs and getting into alcohol and the big one being teen pregnancy, you know, she's just going to propagate the cycle and she's going to keep it up and, you know, she's going to be within the confines of the family court system for her entire life passing that down down to her children it's all about keeping them on the welfare plantation so when maggie finds out from the state supreme court here in montana i will get her back on and we'll find out how that all went down so that's going to wrap it up for tonight thank you everybody for stopping by i am alan donovan and this has been the father's truth i will see you again day after tomorrow for another episode have a great night, everybody. Thank you for joining us and listening to The Father's Truth. If you would like to be a guest or know someone with a story that needs to be heard, email Alan Donovan now at thefatherstruth at sohomail.com.